Legalized sports betting is in the third inning, according to Scott Warfield. The PGA Tour's VP of Gaming says that the industry is heading in the right direction and there's plenty of opportunity. Warfield joins SBJ's Abe Madcor and John Aran from Orlando in this edition of SBJ Spotlight. So Scott Warfield, give your background and how you ended up at the PGA Tour. Well, first of all, hard to uh, follow the legend that is Donna, but we'll do our best. Uh, let's see, I started, uh, I was thinking about on the drive over also from Jack's Beach, two back-to-back -back speakers from Jack's Beach. Um, 20 years ago this summer, I was in a, a class in Chapel Hill, uh, and this textbook was Sports Business Journal. And uh, I picked up the, the magazine and said, I would like to work there someday. Um, and this guy sitting to the right of me, took a flyer on a punk-ass 22-year-old out of school to come be the beat reporter covering motorsports and uh, Major League Soccer, and I think that's probably the was the foray into, into sports. Um, NASCAR recruited me away to go uh, run a lot of the communications divisions, uh, so like Alex, came up through the PR comm side of, uh, of the business, which I think was critical. Um, did that for a few years. Uh, got, got tired of being called the PR guy, um, raised my hand and asked to, to run our digital and social operations. We were bringing that back in from Turner. And then four or five years later, same thing, uh, just got called a, the social media guy and decided didn't like that term either. And uh, kind of saw where the world was going with, um, at that time, Adam had just uh, written the op-ed on sports betting in the New York Times and raised my hand and said, can I dig in on sports betting? So. Um, uh, was, was at NASCAR off and on 15 years and joined the tour two years ago. Great lesson there. Raise your hand, right? You see something you're interested in, don't be quiet. Raise your hand and find a place that will allow you to move around. Right. So um, was it, what was the deal with the sports betting? You're, you were interested in it or you saw the uh, potential opportunity there and you were interested in the opportunity? Yeah, I hadn't ever uh, really been a big sports better. I uh, just saw the opportunity, the size of the market. Um, since the advent of the, the internet, I, I can't imagine a bigger influx of cash into a market than sports betting, and um, there weren't a ton of people at the time at NASCAR spending time thinking about it. It looked like a void I could, I could fill. Um, Matthew and I were talking beforehand, you know, how did you become the expert? Uh, you know, te teach a class at Wake Forest, I tell the students all the time, the internet, right? I had no idea, someone said NGR the first time, and I went back to my room and I Googled NGR. Uh, figured out what net gaming revenue was. Um, tried to to piece it together. Uh, make 19 trips to Vegas the first year and sit with people. What year, that have been what doing year it. was this? 2017. 17. Yeah. So a year before. A year before. And again, that's um, that's a, a lot of credit to Steve Phelps and NASCAR um, allowing someone like myself to to have those opportunities. For the audience, when he made those trips to Vegas, learning lessons. But what what, what were these learning missions? Uh, set to set to accomplish like what did you want to try to get out of those? I mean, I literally needed to learn what the business was first um, and then like anything else relationships um, so uh, Who ran MGM who ran Caesars? What the hell was William Hill? It sounded like a finance firm to me um, All of those things those people that ran those organizations are still people today that lean on talk to um, end up doing partnerships with so let's get into the sports betting market. Has it grown as quickly as you were expecting? Faster, slower? How, how would you characterize that? 
I guess I would liken it to a, if this was a football game, I, I would say we, um, as an industry, probably we, we, we took the kickoff six, seven yards deep, um, busted out of the end zone, maybe shouldn't have that quickly, found a wedge, pushed out at the 35, celebrating, high-fiving, this is amazing, um, but there were flags on the field, you know, come <laughs> back to the, the 15. Um, draw here, slant to the receiver, back to the 30, again, 12 men on the field. We're, we're probably somewhere at the, on the 20 would be my guess. Um, mm -hmm. Being a little more glass half full like Donna, I would say we have a good playbook. We have all the pieces now in place, 36 states live with sports betting, 26 via mobile, uh, partnerships that have developed with leagues, teams, uh, a lot of good ingredients. Um, but some missteps that um, I think the industry would like to have back. So fits and starts, what, what are some of the missteps? Is it, is it, it comes down to more than just the number of states that have not uh, approved it, right? A lot of players, a lot of operators. Um, uh, you know, I, I think at times a dearth of talent in the space. Um, on the I, executive side or on the, uh, on, the, say, on, on the operator side. On the operator side no. um, no, 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 that doesn't, you have brilliant folks like Amy Howe running FanDuel and Jason at, at DraftKings, I mean, down through, um, I liken it to the early days of, of social media with Facebook and Twitter when, you know, those exploded onto the scene, that's, that's where we are and there's so many operators, um, I, I think you'll continue to see the consolidation, I think we all need to continue to do better on the responsible gaming side of it. Um, how we're promoting this to young people um, is, has, has, has been a misstep. Um, you know, more focus on integrity, and that's probably top of mind of everyone in this room, is um, getting the integrity piece of this right, protecting the core product, and that's something we talk a ton about at the PGA Tour, is we're never gonna be a gaming business, right? We, are, we put on world-class golf events making sure our players, our caddies, uh, their swing coaches all understand they're not allowed to bet on professional golf. Um, and, and those issues, um, you're starting to see them in other sports. Uh, we're not gonna be immune to that. Our, our time will come. Back to where we are. I say we're still in the first couple of minutes of the game though, right? They just took the kickoff. Right, just took yeah. the kickoff, so we're still really early. We're early, third yeah. inning. Questions? There are similar rules in the NBA and other leagues, but most rules predate this new world of sports betting. In your role, how do you enforce that amongst the players, caddies, and others involved with the tour? Yeah, I mean, look, we have two different um, integrity partners, in one in Genius Sports, one in U.S. Integrity, um, that are constantly monitoring everything that is happening, at least on the legalized market. Um, and that's why it's one of the arguments we make when we're going state capital to state capital um, bringing this above board and allowing, uh, you know, us to be able to see where those bets are coming in. You go to the Calvin Ridley example from the NFL, um, you know, people, some were, were uh, felt challenged by that. That was the system working, right? right? Um, that was them seeing a bet being placed, notifying an integrity partner, notifying a league, um, and, and you know that is exactly what we're trying to replicate. So it's not perfect. Um, no one has it perfect, but I think uh, enough of us from a league level uh, that we you know talk every single day. This is one of the few categories that I've ever seen in 20 years in sports business where every week I'm talking to another league about this space. 
um, we're getting smarter on the integrity every single day. Do you see instances increasing or leveling off? Uh, I, I mean, look, it's uh, as more states come on, we're, I'm heading to North Carolina tomorrow for governor signing the, the bill, bill there. Um, you're, you're just by uh, osmosis, by you're going to have, have, have more. Um, but I also think every one of these incidents, um, it's going to be an education. Um, and and we, we educate our players on what's happening with some players in other leagues, and hopefully that is another deterrent to, to make sure they're making the right decision. Questions in the back. Are there any policies that you would advocate states put in place to promote responsible gaming? The, the biggest one we push for, again, state to state, is the use of official league data. Um, we catch a lot of flack for that. Is it right. a commercial um, reason? Sure, there are commercial reasons, but there are also um, it, it, integrity reasons. And if, if, if customers are using official league data, um, if it's coming through the pipes of the leagues to our integrity partners, monitoring this is a lot, lot easier. So um, use of official league data would be a big one. Scott, we've seen some colleges dip their toes into this space. Some deals have sunsetted. Like for advice for the group, where, where, where do you see it within their respective worlds? Yeah, I, I look, I think it was probably just too soon. Um, I, I think there will be sports book sponsorships back on campus, um, you know, in the next several years. Um, it, you know, those marketing partnerships, they're great for the operators. Uh, customer acquisition is, is probably a term you've heard a ton about. My biggest recommendation, I think, would be after integrity and responsible gaming, which will always be number one and two, um, at least while I'm doing it, three would be focus on the data. Um, that is a way to get involved um, without the public appearance of uh, a sponsorship and a board at a at midfield at, at a game. Um, and that is, a, you know, a, an opportunity, again, to drive more engagement, which you know, when we think about why we all got into this, you know, at the end of the day, it's about engagement, right? Because what does engagement do? It drives viewership, viewership, larger TV deals, larger title deals, sponsorship deals. And that data is going to allow in-play betting. And um, that ultimately is the, the end goal for a sport like golf. One of the challenges uh, that I see with, uh, with sports betting comes down to just simple perception. So before the Super Bowl, Abe and I had dinner with, uh, with Eric Shanks, who runs Fox Sports, and I told my son, 23-year-old son, what I was doing, and he asked, asked me to get the script for the Super Bowl. I think he was joking, but it, was, uh, but it still is, uh, sort of it struck me as I never would have made that joke as a 23-year-old, and betting was prevalent you know, uh, back then as well. Is that something that, that you're focused on? or? We don't spend a ton of time thinking about that, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially when y you think about what has suppressed betting in golf um, in the past, it's been that it has been a simple outright winner in trying to predict who's going to win of 144 players that are all really, really good. This data product we've now developed with IMG Arena, right. the end goal is Hideki Matsuyama has 250 yards to go on a par five. Here is Ozzy he gets it inside 20 feet. Really hard to manipulate that in real time. Mm. Um, so it, 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 less of that and yeah. more the focus on if we can get this data product in hands, presented in a way that is easily digestible. Um, it, it has, it, it you know, coordinates with what's happening on the television screen. 
that's going to be the, the, the money ball for us. And, and is that opportunity there now on that example you just, on the? We are not, we have the capabilities, and again, I give Donna most of the credit because without the work she did on Shotlink, how many years ago? Uh, 11. We don't have a product that we've now sold to IMG Arena that enables this shot by shot. Um, now, look, the, the, the truth is um, going from one betting market of outright winner to thousands of markets available on every player, every hole, every shot, that's going to be a, a it's going to be, it's, it's going to take time. I would say right now, most of what you're seeing in our world is, is hole by hole, hole by hole, right? So Webb Simpson comes up to a par three, here is odds to get a, a birdie, par, bogey, or worse. How many have bet on a PGA Tour event? Raise your hand. Does that surprise you? Uh, not yet. Um, you know, golf is about 3% of the overall handle. Um, big three sports driving, you know, 67%, 60 to 70% domestically. Um, but as in-play betting goes from 20 or 30% here in the States to what I think we all think it's going towards, 70 or 80%, there's no better sport on the planet um, positioned for in-play betting than golf because of I've been told by my PR guy to stop saying the slow pace of play, the advantageous <laughs> pace of play. Um, where, yeah, Those where damn PR it's guys. my old PR uh, coming out. But, but, but you know, again, I, I think one of the challenges of in-play betting for a sport that has a 24-second shot clock is getting that data off the court into a, a data provider, down to a device, making that bet. Now, you can they, they have tons of other opportunities, right? Um, we, you hit a ball, takes eight minutes to walk to your golf ball. It takes another time. five to figure out what club you're hitting. We can re-rack, we can get those odds up, we can open and close markets. Um, I don't see any reason why this can't be a top five bet on sport in the country. What are some of the in-play bets that you think are gonna be the most uh, popular? I mean, ultimately, I think it, it, will, um, it, it will depend on the golf course, um, so if you take our home course, TPC Sawgrass, in the 17th hole, even without a mobile device, you walk around there and people are betting $5, you know, green or water. Um, there's no reason we can't have um, that same experience at the 16, at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, where it's the, 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 the arena, um, and having you watch and sit at home and say, who's going to be closest to the pin? So, you know, time will tell, the market will drive that, but... Um, I can tell you there'll be endless, endless opportunities. Questions for Scott. Where does legalized sports betting here in the state of Florida end up? Uh, where does it end up? It ends up uh, where it is right now in court. Um, my gut is it ends up at the Supreme Court. Um, and after that, uh, your bet is as, as good as mine. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it, one of the biggest challenges this market has right now, um, your three biggest states in California, Texas, and Florida don't have, have sports betting. Um, and in a, a, a six to seven percent margin business like, like sports, setting, sports betting, FanDuel, DraftKings, MGM, all of them, they, they need those to go. Um, they also need iCasino to go. And when I say iCasino, I mean, you know, blackjack, poker, all happening on your on your mobile device. Um, the whole intention, not whole intention, one of the intentions of sports betting from day one for those operators was this is gonna be a gateway to get people over to a more uh, 
lucrative hold um, in iCasino. Right now we're in three states with iCasino. Um, so when you start thinking about, hey, what, what are you looking for? What are the trends you want to see? You want to see those big three, and you want to see iCasino legislation pick up. Texas. When? So, 2025. Texas uh, we, got, we got it through the uh, House this year, unbelievably. Um, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have said that six months ago. Um, and felt good about if, if it had gotten to the, you know, to the Senate for a vote. Um, it, Texas wants it. Um, Texas coalition, um, you know, that we, we, as the PGA Tour, sit on a lot of these team coalitions across the country, and Texas has been as organized with the Cowboys and the Rangers right. and um, at Texas, um, uh, with a caveat that I believe Florida will go live at some point, again, for a short period before it gets challenged again. Uh, I would just not put a ton of money in your account while, you know, in the short term. Um, and then one California? <laughs> um, Goodness. No, no. I guess I would set the over under at June of 27, and um, I don't, it, the tribes um, and the operators and the sports leagues are going to have to come together like we did in Arizona. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a long day. And outside of those three big, is there any other one? I know you said North Carolina Monday or next week. Any other big states that the audience should keep an eye on? Uh, I would have Georgia on the list for next year. Um, I like South Carolina mostly because if North Carolina and Georgia go, That's a nice it's South Carolina and what we've seen with um, you know surrounding states is how did we get New York on board? Well, New Jersey was on board and people were driving across the bridge and placing their bets and they were losing you know taxable revenue to, to the state. So um, you know these southeastern states are. A challenge, um, but I, I think but we're big upside potential. Big upside. Fanatics getting in, buy, sell, hold. I don't know what's beyond hold, but I'll take. I mean, I'm beyond buy, but I will take that. You're um, bullish on them. I 100 uh, percent. 75 million people in a database. They just bought points bet instantly <laughs> in 11 states. Um, and oh, by the way, they have a guy named Michael Rubin, um, one of the best sports business minds. Um, of our time, and they've got a long haul to compete with DraftKings and FanDuel, who probably are 75% of the market. And they take market share from those two. If, right? if, if my predictions, yeah, I mean, they're, they were going to have to cut into that and or capture the rest of the 30. Um, but I, you know, I think they've got a, they've hired a fantastic team um, and uh, super bullish. You said fanatics. What are some other companies in the in the space that we should be keeping our eyes on that are ready to sort of take off? Uh, I mean, look, it's right now. It's it, there's a there's a tiering system. I, I think um, you know what Penn National Gaming is uh, attempting to do is super interesting. Buying Barstool, they just bought the Score Bet out of Canada for the Score, and they've launched Score Bet. Um, so those three plus. Fanatics plus Penn, um, you know, I'm still following what Caesars is doing. Um, the win, it, it's going to be an interesting next two years as, you know, possible consolidation continues. And does DraftKings get bought? What's Jason's exit? 
I, I would have to ask Jason. Yeah. Um, oh, tough I, yeah. You know, they're, they're a behemoth. Uh, we're partners with them. We're building a sports book with them in, in uh, Scottsdale that opens um, in October. Um, At the our first ever sports book on a, a PGA Tour course. It's going to sit between our two venues. Um, we're partners with them in the NFT business. Um, they're our official daily fantasy partner. Um, they're they're crushing it. I think they have nothing but but upside. Uh, in England, we saw a mass pullback of sponsorship, and I guess help me out. There was some regulation there. Did they did they overspend? Did they overmarket? And could that type of uh, reaction happen in the states? So we. That, it's, we spend a lot of time talking to the American Gaming Association, the National Council for Problem Gambling, the other leagues that we're on a, um, our coalition with of trying to learn from our European counterparts. Um, it's, it's about moderation. Okay. Um, it's about ad guidelines, how you know, we limit um, no more than two 30-second spots in an hour on our, our PGA Tour broadcasts. Um, you know, it's about responsible gaming and, and making sure you're, you're giving people the right messaging, like in the month of March, which is Responsible Gaming Month. Here's how to set limits. Here's how to know if you're developing a problem. So, um, you know, I think most of us are doing it the right way, and then there's some bad actors that, um, you know, it's hard to get everyone on that boat when the commercial pressures are what they are. But um, we're either going to figure it out as an industry or we're going to have government figure it out for us. So keep an eye on moderation. And if it starts to get excessive, that could be a red flag. Yes.